Welcome to What's That About? This week we're discussing uncontacted tribes and until last week I would have considered this podcast an uncontacted tribe because people were not coming anywhere near us. D-Train, welcome back to another episode. Big, big, what's that about week? Did you see how many reactions we got to our uh, topic poll? So we put a poll up and do you remember, we made predictions as to how many responses we'd get. I think I said four. Yeah, I said seven. So did we get four? No. Five? No. Six? No. Seven? No. Eight? No. Nine reactions. Wow. That's big. That's big time. You could actually say, topic poll reactions. And that is how we ended up here at Uncontacted Tribes. Our old friend Haley H suggested Man of the Hole, who is a like we'll talk about him a bit later, but he's a man in an uncontacted tribe, the last surviving member of an uncontacted tribe. So we broadened it out a little bit, and today we're going to talk about uncontacted tribes. Thanks, H. She's done it again. She has done it again. Yes. Before we get into the uh, the business of the episode, what's been happening, Don? Any news on your side? No news, really, but um, I was having a conversation recently about, you know, how you go through life and somehow you miss the definition of a word. And then eventually you realize you don't know it, you find out, and then you hear that word every two days for the rest of your life. Yeah. It actually reminded me of a story, true story, of, um, of back in the day, I was traveling with some friends and I was reading, I think the book was Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson. And I was reading it and I came across a word I wasn't familiar with. And I was old enough to know that I should have known this word, but I didn't. And I thought I was, you know, I thought I was in a safe place. It was a packed hostel room. But I was reading it, and I came across this word, and I'm like, "Eh, I'm not quite sure. I'm just going to ask the lads, guys, what's what's kind of lingus mean?" And are you <laughs> everyone stopped. How old? Everyone Hang stopped. On. I was old enough to know better. I reckon I was like 21 or something. And <laughs> 21, and everyone stopped. I'm pretty sure there was a record player going on, and the noise went. <laughs> Kind of like I'd ordered a glass of milk at the bar, but <laughs> I didn't. I just wanted to know the definition of cunnilingus, but somehow it avoided me my whole life, and I asked it, and I never heard the end of it. <laughs> that is some of your absolute best work, and you've yeah. you've just relived the shame on uh, on on the podcast. Yeah, luckily no one listens to this, which is what I'm happy with. So I'm really I'm sharing it with you in a private conversation, which makes me comfortable. No, nah, yeah, I was I was definitely old enough that I should have known it. And uh, listen, don't get me wrong, I was familiar with the act. Um, no. <laughs> I I know what you mean though, but I have a whole bunch of those words that I don't know whether I was just in the in the, in the bathroom in primary school when they when they you know explain the word. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I always just don't know what it means. But my wife has this thing where she gets sayings wrong. Just the most common everyday sayings. Like, you know, you know when you're driving your car and you're like, oh, get off the road, old timer. Yeah. My wife thought it was get off the road, egg timer. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that Is even make sense? How does that even make sense? <laughs> get off the road, egg timer. That's- <laughs> Did you really? At 100% <laughs> true and every day. That's heaps worse than cunnilingus. <laughs> <That's-> 
every day there's a new one. I'm like, what are you saying? That That's is so good. Because the classic is is when you're changing your name by is it D pole? Is it deed pole? No one really knows, and they just they just fluff their way through that sentence. Yes. Or even like I have this one where I don't know whether it's a bonfire or a bonfire. I just, I just kind of gloss over the top of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a bonfire. Uh, <laughs> There's a hundred of those. Um, anyway, was- I now know the definition of uh, <laughs> of that particular word, and really shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> but no, it's one of those things where you know, like I'm very embarrassed about it. I should have known it. <laughs> But I know. I also realise that it's kind of funny, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna cop it for the sake of comedy. <laughs> Something else really enormous happened this week, Don. It's I kind of feel like we're build. I feel like Julius Caesar building an empire here because mm. our pot, our little podcast, our humble little podcast, was promoted on Australian radio today. No, but but it was uh, <laughs> no, it was it was promoted. It was actually mentioned as was it pot of the week. One of the three pods of gold on ABC Radio. Hobart. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. So, for those of you, I think 60% of our listeners are from the US. So, Hobart, capital of Tasmania, uh, bloody good town. It's on the smaller side. Uh, Quality over quantity, though. It is It is good. Great, and great listeners. Hats off. Hats off to Mel. Um, a friend of the podcast, we, we, Mel Tate. What a legend. Yeah. We really do appreciate that greatly. Um, you didn't have to do that. On the back of advice from Mel, we've started an Instagram. How about that? <laughs> how, about how, about, that? <laughs> how about that, ladies and gentlemen? The crickets. you got to put some crickets in there because I could tell. No, even, even I wasn't interested in the fact we've started an Instagram page. <laughs> What's the sound of a tumbleweed? Because I think <laughs> if I find it, I'm going to insert the sound there. I'm excited. I don't think anyone else has no idea how to get followers on Instagram. I don't really know what I'm doing. But I'm told Facebook is for the elderly people. I'm told Twitter is for even older people. Instagram's where it's at. So we've started Instagram, WTA underscore podcast, or just search what's that about podcast and, uh, and follow us. I got a, it's going to be a hoot. I got a bad feeling that we're going to push hard on the socials and we won't become the biggest things ever. And we're going to realize, no, no, we just weren't that good. That was the, yeah. uh, <laughs> that was the, that was the learning. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what the hey, give it a go. <laughs> we probably need to get onto the topic, Don. We've been faffing on for a little bit here. Yeah. Now, obviously suggested by H, this topic, but I remember a couple of years ago, I was watching some news clip and they had footage of a plane flying over the Amazon and they caught footage of this uncontacted tribe. And these people ran out with spears and kind of the red war paint on and were throwing their spears at the plane. And mm. the, the, you know, journalists were saying, you know, they might never have seen a plane before. They're, you know, a lost civilization. They probably think it's a big bird or a ghost and it was gripping footage. Like, I, I was enthralled by it. So, I've had a little bit of an interest in this topic for a couple of years now. But what are you, are you new to this one? No, I had, I think I, that was on the news quite widely distributed at the time. And I think that was the first time I'd really ever really thought about it before. And it was incredible footage. And I have rewatched it since then. Um, it's fascinating stuff just to think that there's people there living as they have for like, 40, 50,000 years is pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And I've, I've gone on a few little YouTube kind of uh, rabbit holes as I 
tend to do late into the evening when you can see footage of anthropologists who make first contact or make contact with one of these tribes. And it's absolutely riveting because you can see these these tribes people looking at the anthropologists and not really knowing how to handle the situation or what they're dealing with. And, yeah. they, and they might not have ever had that closer contact with kind of a, a European or a Westerner or a white person before. And they are wigging out. Like their nervous system is just through the roof because they just don't know what they're dealing with. It's really... Yeah, it, that's the, it's almost the equivalent of aliens coming down to earth. Like yeah. it's just someone... That's exactly you know, what I thought. Beyond yeah. their wildest imaginations probably. Yeah. Different and that's, that's, clothes, different everything. Technology... Yeah, and that's that's the thing I find most interesting about this topic is you've kind of got two different stages of civilization's, you know, progress lined up against each other in real time. So it's almost like you've got a time machine and you've been able to go back to what we used to be like, you know, 60,000 years ago or more and compare directly. It is bloody interesting. Yeah, I agree. So Don's we- dry... Definition? <laughs> dry? <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with dry. It's dry today. <laughs> Don's dry definition. So, uncontacted tribes or uncontacted people are communities or groups of indigenous people living without sustained contact. We can talk about that later. To neighbouring communities and the world community. There's thought to be roughly about 100 uncontacted tribes worldwide, half of which live in the Amazon rainforest. Uh, there's some in the Congo, the mountains of New Guinea, um, and also, notably, North Sentinel Island, which is uh, actually part of India. Yes, it, that is literally an island in between kind of Asia and Africa. It's almost bang in the middle, but I think it's 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 orienting towards India. Mm. So remote, so isolated, and they and we can can come back to them later. They're my favourite uh, uncontacted tribe. Yeah, me too. You got you got to pick your favourites when it comes to uncontacted tribes. We all have them. It's like, a, it's, well. like, it's like a David Letterman top top ten list. They're, they're, they're number one. Let's crack right into that. So North Sentinel Island, I think that's, in my opinion, the most interesting because this they can't get near it because they try and kill anyone who comes near them. Yeah. Basically, they're very aggressive. They don't even know the population. Estimates have ranged from anywhere from like 15 people up to 400 people. They just don't know. Yeah. We don't know anything about them. What what language, what their dialect is, what they really do to survive. All we know is some of the weapons they use because they throw them at us and hyper aggressive. And did you look into the, did you look into the backstory of this group? No. I know they've been so isolated for so long that their language is completely their own. Like it's just they don't really have any anything close to it. Yeah. That they can um, compare it to. So I, I read that about 60,000 years ago, this tribe got on a boat from Africa and they were one of the first groups, maybe it's more than 60,000 years ago, but they were one of the first groups to kind of leave Africa on a boat out into the ocean. They found this island and they've set up camp there for the last you know, tens and tens, almost 100,000 years. And they were just surviving by themselves. And then when the Europeans in the 16 and 1700s kind of explored the world... They had some bad early experiences where some of the European explorers kidnapped some of the elderly and the children and then they got them sick because of viruses. And so this tribe learnt you cannot trust outsiders. And so anytime someone comes to the island, they just go ballistic at them. And to the point that, you know, there are stories of, you know, missionaries bringing Bibles to the island and being killed on the spot. People whose, you know, boat 
the anchor comes up and they kind of travel and they get too close to the island and they get killed. It's very, very dangerous place. So that India's actually put like a, a three-kilometer exclusionary zone around the island where you're just not allowed to go near that island anymore. Yeah. So the guy, the guy, the missionary was actually not that long ago. It was 2018 that he went. Yeah. Um. So apparently he he went there. It was some dude from the US, very religious. Went there to convert them all to Christianity, as he thought they were Satan's last stronghold on earth. Was what his thinking was. Right. So he basically paid. He wasn't allowed to go. He paid a couple of fishermen the equivalent of three hundred bucks uh, to take them into the island, and he basically would paddle into the shore. He went three times. The first time, they got very cranky. He got scared and ran away. The second time, they shot an arrow through his Bible, and he he freaked out and left. <laughs> That's like a Bruce Willis movie <laughs> through the <laughs> through the it Bible. Is. Yeah. Um. And then the third time, he thought they were freaking out because. The fishermen were still in the boat and they were visible to the tribesmen. So he said, I'm going to go aboard. I'm going to go on shore. Just get out of here and I'll be right. Um, and no one ever saw him again. So they obviously, they obviously killed him. Um, pretty intense. And that was, I mean, yeah, it was two years two ago. Two years ago, yeah. So it's full on. And you can, yeah. you can totally see from the perspective of the tribe why you wouldn't trust anyone that comes onto your shore. Like nothing good has ever come from that contact. Yeah, that's right. And that is that little, I think you put a little delicious little asterisk next to sustained contact in your definition there. Yeah. It was a verbal asterisk. That was that was nuanced. That was subtle. That was good. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> about the idea that one of the biggest myths or misconceptions about uncontacted tribes is that people think that they're kind of living in their own little bubble and they don't know that civilization has progressed without them. But most of the tribes have had contact. They might not be able to understand exactly you know, what is a plane or what is a gunnery or, or what is what, but they know that there are people who are different to themselves who inhabit the earth and they are actually very frightened of them. And that's what... A, yeah, a lot of the times it's their choice to to stay there and they'll actively either avoid or, is as is the case with the guys on North Central Island, they'll, you know, they'll be very aggressive and fight anyone that comes close. Yeah. And there's this group they're called Survival International, I think, and... Like, they they obviously meet people who are in these tribes who then do integrate into society. And the, the, the common thread is they're actually interested in, in learning more and, and having contact, but they're so frightened by what could happen that they, they adopt these kind of very ag- aggressive stances to protect their tribe and protect their people because, like, the, it's, it was actually very sad reading, over the, particularly over the last, like, 50 years, how we've treated these tribes in terms of them being killed off because we want their land or because we want to traffic drugs through certain areas or just the way we we might try and help them but we give them diseases they don't have any immunity against like we have destroyed so many of these uncontacted tribes through evil means and just through ignorance that it's no wonder they don't trust us yeah it was only a few years ago uh, in peru that seven seven members of an isolated indian tribe emerged from the amazon um, and made peaceful contact with people near the Peruvian border because all their elder relatives were massacred, houses set on fire by illegal loggers and cocaine traffickers. So yeah. they just freaked out and and just tried to get somewhere safe, basically. So I think that's a common story is um, either loggers or drug traffickers, just not very nice. Not very nice. And, yeah. and one of the dynamics that seems to be happening now is, you, you remember when you were in, like in primary school, 
and you've got that friend who you don't really like that much, but they've got awesome toys and games. So you don't mind going to their house because they've got all this cool stuff. Yeah, but that you- was my brother. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's almost what they they know we've got stuff that is helpful to them and it helps them survive and they want they want our cooking equipment and our, and they will often go into other villages and raid and steal stuff and often lots of the groups that are trying to look after them will will drop supplies for them so it's almost like they don't like us but they like our stuff it's it's, it's kind yeah. of the, the 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 nature of the relationship at the moment. Did you ever have a kid back, you know, we're pretty old these days when we were young and the internet was coming about and you always had the one friend who had the internet before everyone else. Yes. Or had computer games for everyone else. I had one. How annoying was it when you go to their house and you, and you know, they just, you basically ended up watching them play the computer and you wouldn't get a go. That <laughs> I'm still bitter about it. One of the worst. Can I have a go? <laughs> sitting on the, on the chair next to the computer chair. That's the worst seat in the world. <laughs> Pretending to be interested, yeah. just waiting for your go. It is the worst seat in the world. <laughs> particularly when if you're playing a computer game, because they own the game, they can last ages in the game. And you have a go that lasts for seven seconds. And then you back yeah. in your chair, you're like, this doesn't seem fair. This does not no, seem fair. I don't think I even got a go. I think <laughs> it was rough. So talking about, I guess, not being very nice to, to these tribes... Let's have a chat about Man of the Hole. Ah, how sorry do you feel for Man of the Hole? Yeah. I feel sorry about his nickname. (laughs) Man of the Hole is not a nickname you want. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) That's the real tragedy right there. Man of the Hole. (laughs) Anything other than Hole. (laughs) He needs needs a rebrand. He needs needs to get a marketing team to sort out his his nickname. (laughs) What did you... Because this was the actual the topic suggestion from H was Man of the Hole. What did you learn about this guy? Well, Man of the Hole is basically... Uh, it's a guy, indigenous to Brazil, who lives alone in the Amazon rainforest. And he's believed to be the last surviving member of his tribe, probably massacred or, you know, something to do with an untimely end to the rest of his people. No one really knows. Um, no one knows what language he speaks, what the tribe was... But he basically, he's kind of nomadic. He lives for a certain amount of time in one place. And he's called Man of the Hole because there's a deep hole is found in each of his homes that he's abandoned. It's about six feet deep and quite narrow. And they're not sure. I think it's a long, I think it's a long drop. What do you reckon? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a long drop has a rich and vast history around the world. Now, for a long drop, for those of you who may not be from Australia, uh, in the more remote areas, the government digs a massive hole puts a regular toilet on top. So whenever you walk in, you always hope it's not a long drop. And then you look down to the vast cavern below. Um, <laughs> and it's just a big hole full of poo. <laughs> to be, I love that the, to be a bit coarse. The, anth- the anthropologists are looking so deeply into it. Like they're kind of like, is it a, of spiritual significance? Is it yeah. a, no, no, just a long drop. Just well, there's a- certainly some spirits down there. Uh, <laughs> none that you want to un- unearth. <laughs> But that is that he has this little kind of you know, you know, you know thatch hut that he makes with this long narrow hole in the middle. He has these little huts all over the spot. Um, it is a bizarre, a bizarre little kind of setup he's got there. Yeah, but he he's kind of he's looked over by the Brazilian organization, which is um, meant to look after uncontacted tribes, and he kind of knows they're there. And he has at times. I think they've left him a couple of things. Occasionally, so he's not really uncontacted, but 
he will nod them. Yeah, he'll give them a nod or a or a point at something that they're not supposed to go to. Like if he set traps for animals, he'll he'll let them know that so they don't get caught, which is nice. Yeah, and it's interesting when again, if you go into YouTube, there's some amazing footage of how. Have you been secretly sponsored by YouTube? You've mentioned it about six times. <laughs> just, just great. You're just dropping it in again. It's nah, like- no, 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 no. Just, gr- just great content available when you want it. That's the, uh, that's the beauty of YouTube. So, um, man of the hole. There's also a hole in my stomach, which can be filled by Pizza Hut. Uh, with some specials at the moment. It's great. <laughs> you know, I just need to just have a quick Gatorade to put back what some of this episode's taking out. Hang on. Yes, um, right. the- what he needed instead of holes... Holeproof heroes, underpants and socks. They are fantastic. <laughs> but there's a lot of footage of him when this group, this group, to be honest, when I look at the footage, I'm like, you're trying too hard. It's like, it's, know, it's like me on a first date. They're trying too hard to get in his face and in his space by giving him things. Like they're kind of, they're, they're there for like 10. Okay, we'll get, we'll discuss this in a minute. Uh, your first date is a topic I definitely want to talk about. <laughs> You're trying way too hard to give her things. Like, did you bring presents? I like to imagine you had a, a box of chocolates <laughs> in a heart-shaped box and there was a couple taken out. Oh, I had some on the way. And you cheeky monkey. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Some on the way. It's yeah, good. it's very. I got hungry. Sorry. Uh, it's an endearing story for your later married life. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> Do you remember that? I think this is one of the lowest points. When I remember, I stole a joke from our one of our older brothers and used it in my wedding speech. Yeah, I do. Um, I think a wedding speech is okay. It you was, can steal jokes. It, I reckon there's been very few original. Wedding speeches. It was, like, it was a good joke. Like, it was, I don't, I don't kind of remember if it was true or not, but it was a funny joke. So, I, I used it about when I, you know, went on a first date with my wife and at the end of the date, there was that awkward moan about whether to have a smooch or not. And I think she had the idea of having a small peck and I had the idea of a full tongue sambo. And in the end, it just looked like a snake eating a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's is a, gr- a great joke, but I completely yeah. stole it from him. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the footage of you on YouTube, um, trademark YouTube, is this <laughs> guy in his little hut shooting arrows at people who come near him. So apparently for a long time after his the rest of his tribe was murdered, he would sit in his hut and just fire arrows at everyone through a little crack in the hut. And then over time, I think this group has built up a bit of a relationship with him. But often they would sit there and have like a machete or a, a pot or something and they'll put it on the, on the rock saying, take it, take it, take it, take it. And they will just, like, I would think if I'm going to leave someone who's scared of me something, I would say, this is for you, put it down and walk away. These people are sitting there not letting it go saying, this is for you, this is for you. I'm like, what do you want him to do? Like come out and expose himself and grab it from you by the hand. Just drop it and run, you idiot. Yeah, that's weird. Sorry, I, got, I don't know why probably, I was so worked up about that. Were they filming it? They obviously wanted to uh, get the shot of him coming out together. Yeah. They wanted, they wanted like, we've had a breakthrough moment here with this guy. Like, no, just leave him the stuff and walk away. Yeah. I should have like, done with those box of chocolates. Leave it on the porch, walk away. Yeah. She's not interested. <laughs> She's not interested. Yeah. <laughs> so, Men of the Hole, apparently he's in his 
fifties or so, and he looks in good health. And by the look of those long drops, his digestive system is is working really well. Sorry. What? <laughs> No, that's right. That's obviously the reason he's nomadic. He keeps filling up the hole. He's got to, got to bloody dig another one now. How annoying! <laughs> Too many berries, man of the hole. <laughs> uh, and one of the other things, there's a few reasons why it's not a good idea to contact these people. One of the biggest ones is the effect of disease. So basically, these guys have been so isolated for so long, they don't have the immunity that's been built up over generations that that we all have so the common cold could actually and it has happened previously they've had contact with with westerners and it's wiped out half the tribe just from getting a cold or something they're just not not built for uh, the diseases out there yeah no immunity and did you see that stuff about in in brazil because covid was really awful in brazil they were mm. worried that covid was going to get into the tribes which would like apparently it got quite close to them, but I think they're fine. But that would have just wiped them out entirely. That whole, you know, I guess one of the, I guess the themes of what we've been saying is, is just kind of leave, leave them alone. Let just respect their space. But it's, of the groups that are trying to look after them, there are two different camps. There's one group that says, just leave them alone, and there's another group that says, if we just leave them alone, they will gradually go extinct because there are there are too many evil forces who are profiting from getting them out of the way. And so within those two little subgroups, there's a lot of arguments around how should we relate to these tribes. And there are a lot of people are saying that we need to befriend them, but do it from a safe distance and then go and spend time on their turf and kind of get them to trust us. Because if we don't do that, they're going to become extinct. And so that's mm. it's quite two different ways of, of looking at it. But we certainly need to um, protect them more from from people that are just you know ravaging and, and murdering tribes of people that's just ridiculous anything else on your side done no nah, not really i think we're all done have you started a tiktok for the podcast haven't started a tiktok <laughs> no. haven't started a snapchat uh i'll stick with instagram you know just like me and luke had absolutely no hope that anyone would reply to the poll i don't know how i'm going to get followers on instagram and i don't know why anyone would want to follow us on instagram but it's going to be there anyway I, it's there for H. I need to acknowledge, I feel we're being very needy lately. Over the last month, we're being very needy. Yeah. And you don't need to do anything you don't want to do. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. And to be honest, that's exactly how you felt for the last 69 weeks. Suddenly, we had one week of <laughs> lots of people contacting us. And then last week, it was back to our, our norm. It felt like coming home. It felt like, <laughs> like an old pair of putting slippers. putting on some slippers and, <laughs> and a pipe and sitting... And let's just listen to a good story. Because um, <laughs> there, there was literally zero new emails in the inbox, which did feel very, very comfortable and reassuring. Yeah. However, possibly Actually, guys, we could be the biggest guys, things ever. Because huh? <laughs> I don't want you to email and you probably couldn't do it anyway. No big deal. Um, we're just happy on our own. Please don't contact us. Uh, you probably don't have the skills to contact us. And if... If you want to We're leave, quite happy as we are. If you want to leave a machete or a pot outside the podcast studio, we will come and grab it on our own time, but don't force it upon us. See, I was actually going for the reverse psychology angle, and you thought I was going for the uncontacted tribes angle. I was bringing the two yeah. worlds together. That was good. <laughs> it worked well. I'm like, I switched halfway through. Actually, Luke's angle is much better. I'm going to pretend that uh, I was always going the uncontacted tribes angle. <laughs> 
anyway, I think that's. I think we're done. Thanks again for listening. Just the usual blurb we do at the end, begging for uh, reviews <laughs> and emails. You know the drill by now. Um, thanks a lot. See you next episode. Hey, thanks everyone. Bye.